And now I have the absolute delight in introducing our speaker for the day, um, who is a man who is really utterly phenomenal, actually. It's an utter delight and privilege to call him my brother. Um, he is so gifted, multi-talented, multi multi-gifted, um, and there's more in him than any of us uh, have actually really fully discovered. So I just want to encourage you to pull everything out of him that you can. He's someone who has a huge heart um, for uh, God, uh, for his presence, a huge heart for other people, uh, for the body of Christ and for outside uh, the church. And um, yeah, he is just a man that is full of faith. Actually, I would say Hebrews 11, faith worthy is this man. Uh, so I'd like to introduce you to Andy Fulton. Yay. <laughs> Awesome. I like that, John. Thank you. Yeah. It's good to have you as my sister, too. Cool. Am I standing in a good place? <laughs> Do you want me to move anything? No? Cool. There we go. There you go, how's that? Bit better? No? Yeah, maybe? Okay, yeah? Cool. Cool, okay, well, this is fun. Let me just tighten this a bit before my work iPod goes, no, not iPod, what's this thing called? iPad, that's, yeah. Man, <laughs> see this technology stuff? I'm just getting there, right? It's making me feel old. It's my work one, so I better not drop it. Right, okay. Um, I want to talk today about um, the R word, revival. Because I think it's a little bit misunderstood. And there's a few things I think God wants to say to us about what he's up to. Um, so I thought I'd talk about that because that would be fun. So, um, what the heck is revival? What does it result in? What does it look like? Um, what is it? Um, well, the first thing I want to say is it's not really about it. It's not about a thing. Um, it's about him Yay. and us and the world and what he's doing. So I thought I would look at kind of, um, first of all, set the scene with just like the plan of God and where we're at with all that and what he's doing on the face of the earth because he's up to stuff. Yeah. And we're hearing loads of exciting stories of what he's up to. And that's great. Um, and I'm hearing things like, you know, we're in the midst of the biggest worldwide revival that the world has ever seen and all this kind of thing. That's true. We are. And uh, we kind of have been for some time. And um, some kind of prophetic people and stuff have looked and said, yeah, this is, you know, and maybe not heard all the stories yet, but you know, picking up, yeah, something's coming and all this kind of idea. I want to suggest we're kind of like in the middle of it right now. Right? And in some ways we've been in the middle of it for a long time. Whatever it is. Um, revival um, comes with some, sometimes comes with some challenges and some problems. And here's an example. Um, God does something and he, he wants to keep doing it. But 
it kind of fizzles out and disappears. Or it all blows up and gets a mess and then it gets shoved to a side and then something new comes up. Um, the current worldwide revival, I think, really began um, quite a long time ago. Well, you could say it began at Pentecost, but you could even go right back to the beginning almost um, and say it began when <laughs> thing, things kind of started going wrong <laughs> back in Genesis and God's like, right, let's bring this back, right? So what God's about is bringing us back into connection and bringing the world into connection with him. That essentially is what revival is all about. All right? Um, and he's been doing it all the way through history, and we're part of that. Um, so I want to start in Genesis, if you don't mind. And I know I keep doing things like that. Um, you probably know by now, my favorite, um, my favorite verse in the Bible is um, Enoch walked with God. Um, well, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I've got a few favorite bits. Um, but you don't hear much about Enoch. Enoch walked with God and then he was no more. And it's like, what? What, <laughs> what does that tell us about God? It actually blows up a whole lot of thinking that some of churchianity has. Um, here's an example. Um, that sin separates us from God. And I know Andy spoke about this briefly a few weeks ago. Um, I was taught sin separates us from God. Um, but when Adam and Eve sinned, what happened? God came and found them. He came into the garden and found them. And this is exactly what Andy said a few weeks ago. Um, so for me, Enoch walking with God, that was after the fall. You could say, oh yeah, it separates us because then God sent them out the garden and out of his presence and everything else. So God stayed in this wee garden. He sent them off there. Okay, so off there is out the garden. He put some big angels. So therefore we're separated and that's that. And then Jesus fixed it so now we're all right. Or before Jesus, Moses and the covenant and the law and all following, keeping all the rules and sacrificing the lambs and all this kind of thing dealt with it, um, which is true to an extent. But So over here, before it was all fixed, there's guys like Enoch. And Enoch walks with God. Well, he couldn't, have been, he couldn't have got in that garden because there's some, like, big geezer in the way. So he's over here and he's walking with God. And he's not separated from God. And that was without, like, Moses and the law and without Jesus and the cross and everything fixing it all. So I don't know. I don't have all the answers on theologically, you know. I'm, I'm not saying that we don't need the cross, don't, you know, I can see this on YouTube or something, you know. Hope Church don't believe in the cross. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, but it's interesting. So, um, what I want to look at then is how um, we can respond to this and engage with it, engage with God in, in this. The first thing we need to know is, but of what Jan was talking about this morning when she came up and, and, and shared about our inheritance. And, you know, we're not here by accident. There are plans and purposes for us. We are part of something bigger. Individually and corporately as a church, we're part of something big. Um, okay, so I said I was going to start with Genesis, so I should maybe do that. Um, right. Genesis chapter 1. Yeah, I might need that. I 
phone's not turning on. What's happened to my phone? I've got this new phone and it's uh, not. Okay. No. It's deed. Cool. Okay. Right, let's go down to verse uh, 11 and 12. So this is all creation story, right? This is the account of creation. It's not a story, it's an account of what actually happened. That's the difference. Okay. And if you're not sure about all that, can, can I just say something We're in the middle of all this talking like revival, engaging with all that, and you think, oh yeah, let's get along to the supernatural school. It has been great. It is world-changing. I encourage you to go. And um, there's been evenings during the worship when I've sensed a shift in the nation of Scotland as they've been worshipping, for example. It's really powerful. Can I also encourage you to get along to Alan Harrison's um, summer school on the Bible? I mean, it, it's, it's fundamental. It's like we're engaging with this stuff. We need to be secure. And, you know, we're reading from this. We're like, well, where did it come from? You know, we want to be secure in this stuff. We want to be secure in our identity in Christ. We need, the part of that is being secure in our understanding of the Bible and being able to say, yeah, when I'm reading this, I know, I know what it is. I know where it comes from. I, I've got an understanding of this. Um, it's really important. And, and I'm, not, I'm not somebody who, um, I don't have a, a, a theology degree or training. I haven't been to all that. Um, I'm, I'm not like into it in a way where I would want to go and do all that, but like, thank goodness for people who have got a better biblical understanding than me and can teach us on it. So please get along to that. Um, I would encourage you to do that. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, I pay for one. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Where were we? Verse 11. Right. So the account... God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind, and God said that it was good. Right. What's that got to do with anything? There's something here about fruit. From the very beginning, he didn't just say God made bananas and God made apples and God made stuff. And it says God made the fruit and put the seed in it. Every time it's mentioning that, he's saying he put the seed in it. Now, that word seed is a Hebrew word, zerah. And that's used a lot through the Old Testament. When you hear things like the covenant that um, God made with Noah and said, um, you know, this is, this is for your children and, um, and all this kind of thing. The word that he used, and Abraham with offspring, the word he's using there is this word, seed, zerah, that's translated offspring. And he's talking about... Um, for example, Genesis 9, verse 9, Behold, I establish my covenant with you, this was with Noah, and with your seed after you, with your Zerah after you. There's something here that we're a part of all down through history. 
The Bible says we are in Christ. And if you read through some of the like numbers and bits of the Bible like that, that you're like, Man, this is taking a long time. If you're doing one of these, trying to read it through in a year, you're like, someone was the son of so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, the son of so-and-so. And they all knew who were, you know, I, knew, I know who my, I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't go back very many generations. I don't know about you guys. I can't go back like five, six, seven, ten. I, I can't do that. But these guys understood the importance of that. They understood, you know, I was in my dad. The seed, God put the seed there all the way down through. And so when he created the bananas and the apples and everything, he put the seed in them, the apple falls and the seed grows. So that, that entire apple tree was in that apple. And who put it there? God. So, I mean, my kids sometimes talk about like, um, oh yeah, before I was born, you know, they, they refer to that as when I was just in God's plan. You know, <laughs> I wasn't here yet. I was just in God's plan. It's like, well, they were kind of in me <laughs> and Joanna and back and back and back and back. And that's a physical thing. Okay, you can trace the DNA. You can trace the, the physical um, sperm and all that stuff in terms of seed if you want to look at it like that. Um, if we're talking about being part of something in terms of um, history with God... If you read through things like the covenant with Abraham and all that, we get to be part of that spiritually. And it talks about that in Hebrews. Again, Jan kind of touched a little bit on, on that kind of stuff. Um, or somebody else did. You mentioned Hebrews there. Um, we get to be part of something bigger, but the, the fruit and the multiplication and all that, we don't get by trying hard to do it. Like the apple tree doesn't produce apples because it tries really hard. It just does because that's what's in it. That's what was in the apple that fell on the ground and before the tree even grew. That's what was in the seed because God put the seed there. God puts the fruitfulness in us. So when we're thinking about revival and we're thinking revival looks like something and it looks like fruit, okay? And again, even that is slightly misunderstood sometimes. We tend to use the word fruit and what people mean is people. When they say, can we see fruit from this? They quite often mean, are we seeing numbers of new Christians and new believers come in? That's not entirely what it means, but multiplication of people is part of it. I I want to think of it more like, if you're talking about new people coming in, it's more like new sons and daughters being connected with their father. That's that's kind of what the multiplication fruitfulness means. Because if we're talking about... um, becoming sons and daughters and multiplication, adding to the family. That's the same as what God said to Adam and Eve, go and multiply, be fruitful on the earth. It's the same thing. But he put the seed in them to enable that. Spiritually, we have the seed in us to enable this. We've inherited it. It's just who we are. It's who we are as sons and daughters. It's who we are as his people, that we are fruitful and we multiply. And we see more sons and daughters come to get to know him. We don't, we don't need to try hard to do it. We don't need to run about daft putting on loads of stuff and loads of shows. I mean, this isn't a show today, you know. If it was a show, I'd be a bit better prepared. I'd have had, like, notes that were really good and a phone that turned on and, <laughs> you know. I, I'm kind of glad it's not. Um, so how does the fruitfulness work and... What does it look like? And um, okay, 
Um, before I go on to that, let me just look at Hebrews 11 for a moment. Um, you can look it up yourself. I'm not going to read from it. You're, some of you are probably familiar with it. It lists all those saints of old. It says, oh, Abraham, man of faith, and, and all, these, all these people going through. And it says at the end that um, they are made perfect together with us. What it's saying is some of what they had faith for, they didn't see it all. And some of it's now been fulfilled. Some of these guys would have given their right arm to be here right now on the earth. You know, and some of them kind of knew what was coming. But we get to actually be a part of that. So when we're bigger than, when we are part of something bigger, I'm not just part of you as a body. We are not just part of the body on the earth just now. We're a part of body, God's people eternally. And we need to be, now this might sound strange, we need to be connected with that. We need to connect with that in our hearts. No, don't go praying to Abraham. <laughs> I don't mean connecting like that, okay? There are folks that do things like that. It's did. <laughs> okay? <laughs> no, I know that I think it was Abraham and Moses that appeared with Jesus on the mountain. And, is that, yeah? So Jesus was having this pretty cool heaven experience. And so if God wants to do something like that, that's fine. If you have a heaven encounter and meet some of these guys, maybe that's not a problem. That seems to be biblical. But don't go focusing on that and don't go praying for them. That's, what, that's not what I'm talking about, being, being connected. But I'm talking about doing things like honoring some of these people and all the others down through history. Your own natural mother and father. Is it, um, Proverbs talks about honor. Um, no, it's um, Deuteronomy and all that. You know, honor. Um, your mother and father, and it'll go well with you and have a long life and all that stuff, you know? Um, spiritually, we can be connected to all that, and we talk a lot about, like, they are, let me get this the right way around. <laughs> Was it Andy got this the wrong way around a few weeks ago? Um, their ceiling being our floor, okay? Now, Jesus himself said, you will do greater things than I'm doing. Um, and th- this is kind of this time we're in from Pentecost onwards, this worldwide revival we're in currently, um, is about us seeing some of that greater stuff. See, Jesus himself wasn't in that time. Whoa, hey, what do you mean, Andy? It's like, what do you, Jesus wasn't, Jesus started all this. Mm, kind of. Yeah, he did. But see, when he went around doing miracles and doing stuff in the earth, what covenant was he under at that time? He was actually under the old covenant. The new covenant hadn't happened yet. So he's saying you will do greater things because you'll be under the new covenant. He said you'll do greater things because what? The rest of that verse, it's in John 14, maybe 15. It's all into a bit of a blur. It's some of my favorite bits of the Bible. John 14, 15 and 16. I love it. So he says, um, you will do greater things than these because I go to my Father. Because I'm going and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. So that's the time that we're in with the Holy Spirit where um, we get this fruitfulness, we get this revival because of the Spirit. If we look at Acts, we see the change in the disciples. That clock is going, isn't it? Yeah. Is it right? Yeah. It's just a bit off. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, that's all right. Cool. Um, in Acts, if we look at what happened and the story through the, through the, through the Gospels, uh, the disciples were off doing stuff with Jesus under Old Covenant. 
Um, Holy Spirit hadn't been released in them yet. Holy Spirit was on them, and they got sent and with them. And um, if you want, if you want a verse, will we make this official? Do you want a verse for it? Okay. Um, in John. 14 verse 17 when Jesus was talking about what was going to happen he said the Holy Spirit the one I'll send he says he dwells with you and he will be in you and earlier than that in John oh dear I can't remember what it is I think it might be John 9 or somewhere around about there um, is, is, is it John I don't know um, talking about um, the Holy Spirit had not yet been released because Jesus had not yet been glorified if you want to use a search, look up not yet glorified or something like that and you'll find it. It's in there somewhere. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so the Holy Spirit was released in us instead of on us. And there's a difference in, in what that looks like under the new covenant and what that enabled for us. Things like the, the veil being torn and the Holy of Holies in the presence of God being accessible for everybody through Jesus. So we're not negating the cross. We're not saying we don't need that. We do. Um, okay, but what happened to the disciples after that? Well, before that, they were wondering about with Jesus doing all this cool stuff. And Jesus sent them off and said, right, go and heal the sick, go and do this. And they came back and they're like, Jesus, even the demons respond. Whoa, this is cool. You know, it's almost like they didn't quite believe it. And the story of Lazarus, when he died, Jesus was like, um, yeah, that's all right. He, I let him, he could have gone earlier. You could have stopped him dying. Jesus is like, that. no, that's okay. I did it so that you might believe. I said, well, wait a minute. I thought he believed already. I thought the disciples believed before. Well, they did. But Jesus is saying, no, I kind of want you to show you something. I want you to believe more. I want you to experience more and encounter more. But they didn't have tons of confidence. Um, and we know that. They know the way they behaved. And Peter was often like, you know... Um, disown Jesus, no, I'm not, you know, I, no, I, I, no, I'm not with that guy, no, I, you know, they didn't have a lot of boldness and confidence, they seem to behave differently in Acts, after Pentecost, that's what I'm trying to say, <laughs> okay, um, but it's not just the power and the miracles and all that stuff, there was a lot of differences in, in, um, and how this new covenant looked. And Jesus started expressing that. He taught them, he showed them, look, it's all about love. It's not about judgment and all that. It's love, grace, and that's what the New Testament's all full of. That's what Paul's teachings are full of. Um, and that's what he encountered, because we forget sometimes where Paul started, killing them all, to where he ended up. And he had this encounter where God blinded them. And it's like, what is that about? That wasn't about judgment. That was about connecting him with Jesus. That was about connecting him with the Father. The whole thing is about connecting. Connecting people with the Father and getting them. So he encountered the Father. He encountered the love. He then encountered the acceptance and the love of the people he'd been trying to kill. And he encountered that in community as well. Jesus did express what that looks like. Help these guys get this. Um, and that looks like something together as well as on their own. So... Um, so it looks like something but it wasn't just about the power and the miracles and all that 
it's about the love. If you look at all that stuff, um, you know, Jesus said in, in Matthew somewhere um, that uh, on that day at the end times, people will come and say, yeah, we drove out demons, we did all this cool stuff, we prophesied, we healed people, we saw all this cool stuff happen. You know, we're the good guys. And he's like, nah, I don't know you. Away from me. And I'm like, but how come you can do all that cool stuff? You can do all that God stuff. You can do it and not have the connection. And it's something that we don't have to be worried about and concerned about with us. It's like, oh, am I, am I, do I know Jesus? It's like, no, that's just the voice of the enemy. It's like, we are, we're, we're connected. But when you're in the midst of God doing stuff, you can get people come along and like what is happening. Like it without being connected. Take the example of Simon the sorcerer who turned up and said, hey, this is cool. See what you guys are doing. This is awesome. I'll come and do it too. So he believed, that's what it says. And uh, I'm, I'm way off my notes. I don't know where it is in Acts. Acts chapter 8, if you want to look at it. Um, oh no, it's not. Sorry, that's a different bit. Acts somewhere else. Anyway, you can find it. You can look it up. You can trust me. Is that all right? Do you trust me? Okay. Um, he came along and it says he, he um, believed and he was baptized and, and he was doing some of the same stuff. But then later on, um, some of the other apostles turned up and said, oh, yes, it's great what's happening, but we can see you haven't received the Holy Spirit yet. Let's pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit. And they laid on hands and they received the Spirit. Yeah, it is Acts 8. I'm right. Yeah. Um, so they, they prayed for the, some of the people and they received the Spirit. And Simon saw that and he's like, whoa, I want that. And that impressed him. Now, he was a guy who was spiritually aware. He was a guy who'd been doing some stuff himself in the spiritual realm, but just not of God, all right? But he could see the Holy Spirit being imparted and given to these people was something that he really valued and wanted, and he was like, whoa, this is something powerful. But he'd already seen the signs and the wonders. He'd already seen miracles. I don't know what he'd seen. Had he seen limbs grow back? Had he seen people healed that had been had defects since birth? Had he seen blind eyes open? Possibly. Was he interested? Yeah. But then when they came and prayed and for the Holy Spirit, he's like, whoa, I want that. What's the deal? What did he see? What did these people experience? See, the miracles and the signs and the wonders, Jesus said in John 14, he said, um, on that day, you know, I'm in the Father and he's in me and all that stuff. It's like, it's, it's, it, when he was talking about all that, and he's like, do you know, if you don't believe me, believe in the evidence of the miracles themselves. So the miracles were to, to point to something, to connect us with him, to have the Father be in us and us be in the Father and have all that go on. And I think that was going on here. They'd seen the miracles, they'd seen that, and then the Holy Spirit was coming. It's like, the, the Holy Spirit com, comes in and, and on that day you'll know I'm in the Father we, and we will come and make our home in you and all that. That's something new. 
That's something radical. That's an encounter of having God inside. Recently at the Light and Life event um, that, that we had out in the, um, the West End, uh, I was praying for one lady who, and she'd experienced God before. She, she was a Christian. She'd gone to church and stuff. Um, and, uh, and she did some challenges in her life, some stuff going on that was just messy. So anyway, we said, well, do you know what? We'll pray for you. Um, and, uh, and we'll just ask God to come and meet you. And we said, you know, either God's real or he's not. And I know I shared this a few weeks ago for some of you who are here, but um, if he's real, then we can encounter him and he makes a difference. And we can meet with him and we can know him. If he's not real, forget it. You know, don't waste your time going to church on a Sunday. Don't, you know. Was this disappeared? No. Is it just the aircon's going off or something? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so don't waste your time, but if he's real, let's... She says, yeah, you know, I, I believe in God and stuff. Cool, okay, let's, let's pray for you then. Prayed for her. We just prayed. Holy Spirit came in her. It's like, we will come and make our home in you. Jesus said, I'll reveal myself to you. That's what she experienced. She said, you know what? I've never experienced God's love inside like this before. I can feel it inside me. She said, it feels like something burning. She says, it feels like fire. She says, I can feel the fire of God's love inside me. That's the word she used. I don't know if she'd heard that kind of language before in the, the, the background and church she went to and stuff. It was quite a traditional background. I don't know. But that's the word she chose to use because that's what she felt. So when we're using some of these words, it's, we, get, we get used to the language, don't we? We get used to saying some of these things. But actually there's an experience, there's something real in that. So Simon the sorcerer saw something, he's like, whoa. But then the apostles turned around and said, no, you can't have any part in this, or something like that. I don't know if that's the exact words, but they said, no, you're, um, uh, you're full of bitterness. And uh, you're, you're not right with God. That's what they said. It's like, well, wait a minute, I thought he believed and got baptized and was doing all the stuff like five minutes ago. But now they're saying, no, you, you know. So, that, so some folk will turn up, we don't know what happened with him because he, I think he actually then said, no, pray that doesn't happen to me. It's like, we don't know what happened with that guy. It's like he maybe received and got connected with God and discovered his love and started operating out of love instead of operating out of something else, his bitterness and his stuff and his mess. He, he was doing the signs and the gifts and op, operating in the gifts with mess without the, the love encounter inside him. That can happen. So people will turn up and we need to be aware of that. We need to be aware people will turn up and go, yeah, I like what's happening among you. I like the gifts. I like. People have been healed. Whoa, this guy's arm grew back. We need to get along and find out what's happening at Hope or wherever else it happens. You know, people are experiencing God there was this like cloud of glory and everybody saw it and it was amazing and you know, that, that kind of stuff's going to happen. We need, we, need to know, we need to know that it's going to happen. We need to be ready for that. Because it's still surprising, it's still, I, I remember the first time I prayed for someone to get healed and they were healed and I was like, what? You know, so the first time we encountered these, I've never seen a limb grow back. You know, Danny at the weekend, Danny Silk, if you were at the Culture of Honor conference, he was, he was having a great laugh with us. He was really funny. He was just talking about, you know, oh, somebody's head grew back on and, you know, kind of flippantly joking about it. It's like, that's the kind of stuff that, man, some people have seen things that, that are just, 
blow you away. I don't know if you're ever ready to see stuff like that. It would waste you. But do you know how we get ready for that? It's not by going, you know, oh, oh, oh yeah, it's like, you know, some, somehow magically get ready for it. We're not going to be, but we get connected. We get connected with him and we get connected with other people. Guys, can we connect with each other? Is that all right? Can we connect with like the saints of old and the inheritance and the whole the whole of the family of God day one to now? That looks like honor in our hearts for some of the people who've gone before us who we now know their theology was mince. But they had something good in it and they took us on. Some of what we are saying today, maybe in 20 years there'll be people going, oh, see these guys that had this revelation in Glasgow and they were learning all about like all this cool stuff. It's like their theology was mince. I don't know. I'm hoping it's not. But the Jews struggled with some of what the apostles and Jesus and stuff came into. Oh yeah, we can, we can have these like, uh, uh, these Gentiles come in. You what? Where's that in scripture? Well, actually it is, but they didn't see it. There's also some stuff that doesn't seem to be anywhere in scripture. You could call that extra biblical experience and encounter and stuff that doesn't seem to be in the Bible. If it completely contradicts the Bible, we've got a problem. But if you can't find it in the Bible, that's all right. See, Jesus did crazy stuff like spatting people's eyes to get them healed. Like, there's no, you know, you can't take that and say, oh, it's okay if we do that. But what about, what about if I go and kick John in the shin to get his shin healed? Do you know, like, we need to be connected. And I'll tell you why. What God's doing um, can look different to what we're used to. It can look different to what we like. Okay, right. Here, here's, here's a practical example. Um, I, I'm, I'm fairly prophetic in some ways. I, you know, I've got a bit of prophetic gifting and, and all that kind of thing, right? So, if somebody's up sharing some prophecy and stuff, like that, I'm fairly comfortable with that. And I can look and I can go, yeah, I, I'm sensing the anointing on that word. If it's God. If it's not God, then I might not be. But let's presume for a moment that, that this is God and we've got a genuine prophetic gifting operating, which we quite often do in this, this environment here. And I'm like, yeah, I'm comfortable with that. That's good. That, see, that's something I can relate to because... That's, that's an area that I like, I value, I'm, I am like that. Now, this is what Danny was talking about a few weeks ago, about honor. Sometimes what we do is we just honor what we see in someone else. It's actually something that, that maybe we've got that same gifting or we like that. And it's not really honor, it's just liking it and liking us. But what if you weren't prophetic and you're like, I don't quite get that. You're like, I don't know if God's on that. I don't sense an anointing on that. See, your sense of whether there's anointing on something or whether there's not isn't necessarily always to do with if there is anointing on it. 
Sometimes it's just to do with whether we like it or not. And we put some spiritual language on that and say, oh, I can sense anointing on that. Then what if someone else is up and they're sharing some really, really good sound, good quality biblical teaching? Now, you can maybe tell that <laughs> from the way I'm preaching, that's generally not my number one gift, probably, right? Is, is you know, uh, is biblical theology and teaching and all that kind of thing. So, if somebody's up and they're doing that, am I going to sense the anoint, God's anointing on that if that's not how I'm wired? Am I going to be able to do that? How do I do that? How do I do that? Well, I want to be connected. What about worship? We're in a song and we're like, yeah, God's anointing is on this. He's here. We're worshiping away. This is cool. Then there's a different song. Or there's a different, I, I, love the, I, I love the worship. I love these guys, all these guys who come up. And the, the, the one, thing I lo- one of the things I love is the fact different people will lead. There's not like just, you know, a leader who will do. Then maybe it moves to someone else who's bringing a different song. And I'm like, oh, I, can I still relate to that? It's different. Or somebody's battering away on the drums. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I, I like the words to that last song. I like singing. I like doing that. But maybe something really powerful is happening and somebody batters away in the drums or someone else sings a different song or something different is happening. It might be we're not used to it. It might be we don't like it. It might be different. It might be a different style. And we sometimes mistakenly think God's anointing isn't on that. But it's just that we're not used to it. And maybe we weren't that well connected. Maybe we were relying on that last song to connect us. Maybe we were relying on that prophetic word that we could relate to to get connected. Can worship help us connect? Bang on, it can. Yeah. I'm more connected after a good worship sesh. But I want to be connected first. A good a prophetic word, the voice of God, that, that's the voice of God. It's not just gifting, it's God connecting us with us. It's good, good biblical sound th- stuff, good teaching, good, if, the whole thing helps us connect with God, brings us revelation of him and his nature, and, and that, that can all be anointed. But we need to watch out and say, oh, I don't know, that, that person's doing that a bit different. I don't know if that's anointed. And we think we're not sensing the presence. Because do you know what we do? We say, oh, I'm not really sensing the presence of God as much now. So therefore, it's not anointed. Because if it's anointed, the presence of God will fill the room and all that, yeah? So I'm going to sense his presence. So he's anointed, but she's not, or whatever. Or that bit of the service was anointed. This bit isn't. That, that person is, this person isn't. Because I'm sensing the presence of God or not. I want to suggest sometimes the reason we don't sense the presence of God ourselves and think anointing isn't on it might be because we don't really like it. We're maybe not honoring it. And we're missing out. We're missing out on the corporate anointing. Because we want to honor it. Even if it's different. Now, this gets scary when I don't know what wacky stuff God might do. I'm using examples of stuff we're encountering so far. This is stuff we're on, like, 
someone shares a prophetic word, that's dead easy. Someone sings, someone plays a drum, some... What if I start levitating right now? <laughs> I think wacky stuff, like it might not, if I did, it might not actually be me levitating, it might be the, whole, the, the entire earth just going down a few feet and I'm actually where I am and it's all you guys have disappeared. I don't know, like, I, I, I teach physics part-time in school and some of that wacky stuff is like, it's, it's fun. But you're maybe thinking, well, like levitating and all that, like that, that's in like dodgy movies and all that. That's like, do you know, that's in like Ghostbusters and it looks wacky and it's like, that's an old film, isn't it? Oh no. Oh no. I can't get my phone to turn on and I'm talking about Ghostbusters. I'm still young. I am. Right. But you might be thinking, I might be thinking, if I start levitating, I might be thinking, is this of God? <laughs> you know, and who knows? I'm just trying to give some wacky examples. We have no idea what it'll look like when God comes and does stuff. You know? I was driving along the road the other day and I saw like some clouds and they just looked like a really cool formation like over one kind of area. I was like, what happens when every Sunday we meet, like, there's just a big single cloud column over where we meet and nowhere else in the city? For example, you can read stories of stuff like that. Big meetings where it's pouring with rain everywhere, except not in this tiny, like, few hundred square meters of land where they're having an outdoor meeting and people are getting healed and meeting with God and stuff's happening. Wacky stuff like that goes on. You can read it. It's not just on untrustworthy intertube. You can read accounts of stuff like that that if you're not sure about that kind of stuff, getting it this, if you're not sure about this, get along to Alan's, Alan's teaching on it. Serious, we need to be ready for the totally, totally wacky. But we get ready by being connected. So we're not connected to the thing. It's not about it. It's about him. And if we're connected with him, we're going to benefit from what he's doing and the anointing being on it and be able to sense his presence because we're not like, ooh, this is a bit scary. But there's a corporate anointing sometimes when we come together. And I don't want to miss out on that. I want to do my best to um, be connected with people. Be connected with you guys and be connected with the wider body in Glasgow, Scotland, throughout the world. Um, We need to know that we're part of something really big here and we have an inheritance. And we we partner with that and we, we have access to that and we engage with that by being connected. See the world we live in, at least in the West. Um, it's really individual, isn't it? We all go off into our little house, flat, close the door. You live in a flat. I don't know, some flats you talk to people in the close. Like, some you don't even. And even, even 
God's natural way of having us in community, family, um, is, can be a bit kind of independent as well. Like, yeah, we see family, we see brothers or sisters or dads or mums or daughters and stuff once in a blue moon. And, you know, the, the whole community thing's just disappearing. Um, but we kind of get used to that. We kind of get used to coping on our own. Now, if you're married, you might get used to coping you and your wife or you and your husband or you and your family unit and staying in your own. Or if you've got a group of good pals or whatever, you might get away just staying in that group. But you can still be within a unit or a group and disconnected from the rest. And... um, I'm just trying myself not not to get in a mindset of being independent. You know, I, I need people. We, we need each other. Um, but we need to make a deliberate choice to do this. It's not easy. It's not. Because people are people. That's the problem. Do you know, like we're we're messy. We really are. You know. I was going to say just speak to Joanna and find out how messy I am, but no, I don't. <laughs> we're messy. And um it's easy with thinking about things like what God's up to, moves of God, revival, all that, to look at um I like what's happening there. So I'll go and be part of that. But we're really being part of something rather than part of a body and connection, if this is making any sense. So there's a commitment needed among, and I'm not just talking about us here, I'm talking about like the whole of the body of Christ on the earth. We need to be ready to, to be committed and connected with others. Um, But we will have people turn up as God does things who don't want to connect. And they like the show. They like, they like the God show. But they don't want to connect. It's like, that'll happen. That's all right. You know? It, it's sad and we want to encourage people to connect. Um, but we're, we're kind of building a... Um, uh, a culture here, an environment here, a climate here. Um, of all the stuff like honour that we're talking about. Um, it's just going to help. And it's about his presence. We need to be okay with uh, the supernatural and okay with the wacky. Um, how we be okay with that is really, first of all, it's being okay with us and being okay with God and being secure in our, our identity. So somebody else's experience, something else going on, doesn't change who I am. 
if we're thinking about connecting with other people, someone, see, it's challenging when folk turn up. We're like, well, they're like, they're a mess. Yeah. They might be. They're not behaving in the way this we want in this environment. They're not honoring people. They're not doing, they're, you know, um, they're in sin. Um, and how do we deal with that? Well, the first thing we need to know is um, Jesus, let's do his Jesus style, yeah? Jesus never got threatened by sin. He never got threatened by messy people. And, um, but sometimes as, as Christians, we, we, feel, we can feel threatened by other people. It's like somebody else's behavior can't change who I am. Someone else walking in here can't change the honor we have among us, even if they are walking in dishonor. As an example, that can't change who we are. We need to become more secure, and I need to, I, I need to become more secure in who I am. So I know I, I'm, not going, I'm not being changed by anybody around about me. We also need to be more secure in who we are as a community, that we can't be changed by other things around about. And we need more and more and more of that security and more and more and more of that connection so God's able to do more among us. It, he, he, he doesn't come and like do stuff that we can't cope with. Bill Johnson, from um, if you don't know who he is, he's a pastor from America, from a church there that's amazing, Bethel Church, and you want to listen to his, his talks because they're great. And he says something um, about this. He says that... Um, Yeah, that's it. He's, he's basically saying, you know, if you're wanting God to do amazing things, like say like heal cancer and raise people from the dead and stuff, and you're like, oh God, why are you not doing that? I prayed for someone with cancer and they died. You know, I did, by the way, last year. Good friend. So, but, you, but you could say, well, God, what's with that? Bill Johnson was saying, listen, don't be in a hurry. God knows what he's doing. Imagine everybody you prayed for got completely radically healed and everyone that was dead got raised and everything else. Now, we've got like, or some of you have got all this like working technology, right? And Facebook and everyone else. How long would it be before word got out and before I would have people knocking on my door 24-7? How long would it take? How long would it take before celebrities would be flying in in their jets how long would it take before my life wouldn't look like my life anymore? Am I ready for that? I don't know. God's looking out for us. He's looking out for what he's doing on the planet, but he's looking out for us. And he's wanting us to, to kind of be ready. And the final thing I want to say today um, relates to the, the fruit in terms of new people being connected and new sons and daughters and the environment we have. It's an environment of freedom. And that's challenging for current churchianity. Who have not expressed freedom very, very well. And that's not, a, I'm, try, I'm trying to have that not be a judgment in my heart right now. I'm trying to have that just be an observation. Right, I'm trying. Um, 
Because if we're not threatened by people's behavior, it's okay for someone to come in and be a mess. So we, you know, we, we, have, we have freedom and we're expressing freedom in the way that we connect people to God and the way we reach them. Um, Jesus was like, take, take the guy, the, the, the rich, I think was it a rich ruler or something, and he came along and he was like, oh, this is great. What do I need to be, do to get saved? And Jesus was like, yeah, go and sell all your stuff. He's like, what? And it says that he, he went away like, disheartened or something like that is the, the words roughly. Um, but how did Jesus deal with that? He, he didn't say, oh, come back, let's talk about this. Like, he, he, he never tried to persuade anybody. He never tried to persuade. Paul says, we, didn't, we don't come with, with wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Here it is, boom, you want it or not? You want it, great, you don't. You know, it's not our responsibility. It's not my responsibility to get people in. If I have that mindset, I'm going to be upset, hurt. I'm going to think I'm a rubbish Christian. I'm going to think that affects my identity. Me needing to do that. I don't need to do anything to be who I am. And if we start from that, then the motivation is love. And the motivation is expressing him, me being me as a son, and not trying to persuade anyone of anything. What did Jesus do with that rich ruler? It says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. So this guy was in sin, if you want to look at it like that. This guy was like, head up in materialism and all that. He didn't really want God. It's like, Jesus didn't go, yeah, well then, you know. Jesus looked at him and loved him. It's like, well, you want it? This is what it is. And this is one of the things, um, when we're like being connected with the wider body and we're connected with like um, people like uh, Light and Life and what they're doing, I love what they're doing because we go and um, tell people about Jesus. We see people healed. We see people encounter him. We don't try and persuade anyone. We're not trying to like, it's not about numbers. Oh yeah, like 20 people are now saved. And then, you know, um, it's a journey of getting closer to God. And if you get healed, that's going to help you in the journey of getting closer to God. Um, if we live as sons and daughters, that's going to help people around about us get closer to him. If we look free, that's very attractive. Can I say we are very attractive? That sounds good, doesn't it? Um, we are. And it's the freedom that is attractive. And that, that's like of huge, huge, huge importance. The freedom thing. And I've, I've not even really, I wanted to talk a bit more about that today, but we're out of time. So... Um, but when people experience freedom, they're like, whoa. Do you know what? People out there have a very good understanding of, um, in some ways, of God and how he works and how things should be. Like, whoa, what do you mean, Andy? Here's what I mean. They can smell, they can smell a rat. They can smell religion and pressure and insecurity from a mile away. They can see straight through us. So the reason a lot of people are like switched off from church is because they actually have inside of them, inside of their heart, something of God from when they were created 
receive the inheritance, the whole thing, it's sitting there, and they know they're supposed to be free. So if they don't see freedom, it's not attractive and they're not interested. But if they see freedom, they're interested and, uh, and, and, want, to be, um, and want to be connected with that. It's threatening, but only, only if we're not secure. So I'm really excited about all the stuff God is doing and is going to do and, um, and everything else. And I'm really excited about um, trying to get connected and in my own life maintaining a good deep connection with God and with other people. Um, and it's a deliberate choice. It's a deliberate commitment. It's a condition of, of the heart. It's a condition of my heart. It's like if I'm waiting for perfect people, Man, if I'm waiting for a perfect church to come and be on board, and man, it's like, there's, it's sad. Some people out there are going around different places looking for somewhere perfect, and they're never going to find it, you know? And we, we know that. But, um, but yeah. But it's good. It's good. It's really good. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying church right now. Yeah. It's awesome, isn't it? Isn't it, isn't it so good, really? <laughs> it's brilliant. It's so good. I'm loving this. I'm just loving being here in the presence of God. It's peace. It's like simple. So, let's finish. Father, we, we do. We just love you. We love your presence with us and we value you um, above the stuff and, um, and we just love you and we love the connection that you're working um, among us, between each other, with, uh, with other Christians across the city, the nation, the world, the rest of your family. And uh, we just ask you to help each of us to uh, engage more in that. Father, in my own heart, um, where I need to connect more deeply with you and trust you more deeply and do the same with other people. Um, we just invite you to do that. And we thank you, God. It's just so good. You are so good. And what you're doing across the earth, revealing your goodness and restoring your glory to your church, um, it's just awesome. And we just welcome that, no matter what it looks like. If we think that it's not something I'm used to, um, I don't know about this. It's like, Father, help us stay connected with you and know your presence and know your goodness and know what is of you and know what is of not, uh, not of you, not, not because of um, our, uh, what we like and what we don't like and our own preference, but because of our connection with you and because we know you, because we know our daddy, we know our father, we know you, Jesus, we know you, Holy Spirit, and we know what looks good because you're so good. Thank you, Father. We love you. Amen. Um, if you need freedom in your body, uh, we're just going to close now, but if you, um, if you would like prayer um, for any pain in your body or you just want more freedom in your life or just to know a deeper connection uh, with God um, as a son or daughter, um, we're just prayer for anything, really. We um, would love uh, to pray for you. So if the Next Gen guys could come out, the ministry team, um, Next Generation guys.
whoever's here, that would be great. So if you want prayer, um, then please come out. Otherwise, there's tea and coffee uh, down the stairs. So um, that's us. Thank you so much for coming.